serve such a great God. We serve a God that has a plan for each and every one of us. Uh, He wants to touch our lives. He wants to change our lives. He wants to use you in the kingdom. Tonight, um, my message is follow me. And before I get started, I want to uh, say a word of prayer. Lord God, it's so good to be in your house. Lord, it's so good to, to be able to come and worship you, Lord, and be with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity to minister your word. And Lord, I pray that it would minister to each and every heart that's here tonight. Lord, I pray that you would take the things that I read, the things that I studied, Lord. And Lord, that you would uh, speak them forth as you want them spoken. Lord, I just give myself unto you in the lead of your Holy Spirit. I thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. You know, when Jesus started his ministry, it wasn't with any fanfare or pomp. It was just, he just began going into the streets and, and touching people's lives and ministering to people. Uh, and Acts 10.38 tells us how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So that was his way of ministry. Just going everywhere he went, he was touching people's lives. Um, as he traveled around, he chose disciples that would follow him, that would uh, learn of him, that he would eventually turn the ministry over to. And, you know, you can look at these um, disciples. They were different occupations. They were uh, different personalities. They were um, different educations. They had different backgrounds. It was just as varied as what you and I are here tonight. But God chose them. He called them to follow him. Um we know that many of them were fishermen. You know, Peter, uh, Andrew, his brother. You got James and John, the sons of Zebedee. Zebedee. Um, we know that uh, Matthew or Levi, he was a tax collector. And uh, he received taxes from the people. I don't imagine he was too well liked uh, for knowing Christ. I imagine he was kind of despised by the the, the Jewish people. Uh, one was a, a zealot. Um, a zealot was someone who opposed and terrorized the local Roman government. He did not like the Romans, and, and he was just always doing what he could do to uh, come against them. Um, the other occupations were unknown. But Jesus didn't look at their social standings. He didn't look at their education. He didn't look at what they'd done. He called these men to follow him. And it's a pretty amazing story. You'd think you'd find he would get the ones that had the most education, get the 
uh, the ones that had the uh, most charisma. Some of these were very rough men. Um, of course, we're no different than them. We come from different social standings. We have different personalities. We have different likes and dislikes. We have different ethnic backgrounds, education. We come in different sizes and ages. Nevertheless, Jesus called us to follow him and to carry on the gospel as he did his disciples. In Mark 1, starting with verse 16, we read the account where Jesus called Peter and Andrew, his brother, James and his brother John. And it says in verse 16, And he walked by the Sea of Galilee. He saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me. And immediately they left their nets and they followed him. I guess my question today, how many of us, if Jesus were to say, Follow me, would leave what you're doing to follow him? You know, that was a big, bold step on their part, though. Uh, it goes on to say, um, and when he'd gone a little further from there, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in the boat mending their nets. And immediately he called them, and he left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and went after him. Uh, Mark 2.14 gives the account where Jesus called Levi, uh, or Matthew, and says in verse 14, he says, As he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Epheus, sitting at the tax office, and he said to him, follow me. So he rose and he followed him. He dropped everything that he had. The story goes on to tell that he invited Jesus to his home and uh, fed him as a kind of like a banquet and brought a bunch of the other tax collectors so Jesus could touch their lives too. One by one, Jesus called his disciples to follow me. You know, I can imagine following Jesus really took them out of their comfort zones. Who's ever been out of their comfort zone in doing something for God? Anybody? Am I the only one? No. <laughs> but I'm sure they were out of their comfort zone. Well, then, that I know, your desire to do something for God, when it's greater than your fears, God will use you. But so many people are hindered because of fear and because they don't want to get out of their comfort zone. And you're only hindering yourself for what you can do for God and what God can use you in. Many of these men were not refined but were rough cut. Matthew, as a tax collector, was mainly despised by the Jewish people because of their questionable taxing Methods. Simon the Zealot posed and terrorized the local Roman government. Jesus called each one and prepared them for the work that laid before them. But you know, not everybody responded to the call of God. Not everybody, when Jesus said, follow me, followed him. Um, good examples in Mark 10, starting with verse 17, about uh, a young man said, now he was going out on the road, and one came running, knelt before him, and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? 
Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one that is God. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. And he answered to him, Teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him. There was an instant love that Jesus had for this young man. And he said to him, One thing you lack, go your way. So whatever you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasures in heaven. And come, take up the cross and follow me. But he was sad at this word and went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. I really imagine that saddened the heart of Jesus. The word says that he loved him. Yet this man was held captive by his own possessions. He couldn't let go of those things. That hindered him. Now, God didn't care whether he was rich or poor. But the thing was, he knew that he was held captive, that these things possessed him. And he would never be free until he was willing to release these things. But the showman could not do it. And he went away sorrowful. Jesus knew that the man's possessions would be a hindrance to him. The second part of Hebrews 12.1 says, Lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. This man's riches, this man's possessions, became the weight and the sin that ensnared him. Kept him from doing the will of the of Jesus doing the will of the Father. You know, you could you think about him. There could have been thirteen disciples. Just by the reaction of how Jesus said that he loved him. He said, Follow me. He could have been named among the instead of the twelve could have been the thirteen, but yet he turned his back. He wouldn't do it. You know, following Jesus is not always the easy way to go. Pardon me. Luke 9 says, from verse 23, says, Then he said to them all, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. What does this mean? I don't believe that God is wanting us to deny ourselves of God's blessings. But He does want us to separate, wants to separate us truly. Now, let me read that again. He does not want things to separate us uh, from things that will, what I'm trying to say. He wants us to separate from those things that truly separate us from Him. That's what he wants. He wants us to put away and put aside those things that will keep us from doing his will, that will keep us from uh, walking with him. 
Taking up the one's cross to follow Jesus is a willingness to die in order to follow Jesus. It's absolute surrender. When he says, follow me, those disciples, they surrendered everything to Jesus. They walked away from everything they had, their businesses, their their occupations, and their family, and they followed Jesus. If Jesus were to ask you today to say, follow me, are you willing to surrender all to Jesus? All that you have, all your possessions, are you willing to give it to him? That's denying yourself and taking up your cross and following him. Jesus does not want any less of us, but he wants all of us. Exodus 20, verse 3 says, You shall have no other gods before me. There's so many things we put out there that are gods to us. You know, I was going down my street the other day, and I made a comment to my son. One of my neighbors has two 1971 Ford Torino sports cars. Beautiful cars. Sunday morning, every Sunday morning, he's got the hood up and he's working on them. He's serving his God right there. That's his God. The Word says we shall have no other God. What, what has us, what owns us in our lives? What has taken possession? Now, it don't have to be possession. It's, it's things that we do with our time. You've got to go to the ball games. Nothing wrong with ball games. But when they possess you and you can do no other thing, it owns you. I gotta have a day of rest. But that day of rest owns you. If you put anything before God, it has taken ownership. So it's important for us to give everything to Jesus. Deny ourselves of these things. We need to make His desires our desires. You know, God says He'll give you the desires of your heart. But when your desires are His desires, He will not hold back anything from you. Because He wants to touch your life. He wants to bless your life. When Jesus was arrested, Peter done something that he thought he would never do. In fact, he said, I will never deny you. Not only did he once, but he done it three times. What hurt even more is that Jesus told him that he was going to do it. Peter said, no, not me. In one of the Gospels, when Peter denied him, turned and he saw Jesus looking at him. And that really broke him. That really broke Peter. It hurt. It hurt to the core that he had done something against his God. All Peter wanted to do was to run and hide his face. He broke the love felt that he had that Jesus had for him because he denied him.
to overcome the emotional pain that he was going through, Peter went back to his occupation. I'm going fishing. That's what he said. But later that day on the shore of Galilee, there was Jesus. And they had a good long talk. John 21. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said, feed my lambs. He asked him a second time. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he had said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. It really shook Peter for Jesus to come to him, especially three times. Do you love me? Peter wasn't really for sure in his heart that Jesus could still really love him. Of course, Jesus' love never dies. But then he questions his own love for Jesus. He finally said, God, you know my heart. You know that I love you. Peter needed to come to the point that he knew that Jesus loved him. They were not just words, but it was from his heart. Peter knew that Jesus loved him, and Peter knew that Jesus loved him. So Jesus, through Jesus' conversation with Peter, the call was renewed in Peter. He needed to be reestablished. He needed to be restored at this time. He says, feed my lambs. Lambs, that's the little ones. That's the children. That's the baby Christians. He told them to feed my lambs. He's calling him again. Feed my lambs. Feed my lambs. Then the next time he says to him to tend my sheep, that's in the role of a shepherd, taking care of the sheep, making sure they're okay, make sure they got good grass around them, make sure there's uh, good water. He protects them. So God, Jesus was saying, protect my sheep. Tend to my sheep. Take care of them. Then again, verse 17 says, Feed my lambs. I'm sorry, feed my sheep. He was to take care of the sheep. It was emphasized to take care of the sheep. 
The main thing I want to point out of this, there are some that are, that are hurting, whether it's by your own, by something that you have done, or by others have done something to you. God wants to renew that call in your life. Some people have laid down their sword. Some people have laid down the call of God that God has called them into. And today He's asking you to feed my lambs. He's asking you to tend to my sheep. Have you laid it down today? Is this something that you have done? Is there things that you have backed off from that you know that God has called you to do? Perhaps someone in a church has hurt you. And there are wounds. And they're still open. You still go to church, but you're unable to do the things that God has asked you to do. And once again, Jesus is asking you to follow me. To take up your cross and follow me. Do those things that I've called you unto. Do not allow the enemy to rob you. Do not allow the outside circumstances to keep you from following Jesus. He's calling you to follow him once again. It goes on down, verse 18. Um, it says, Most surely I said to you when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hand and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. This he spoke signified what death he would, he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, Follow me. The same thing that he asked, when he was on the boat. Follow me. Jesus says, follow me. Just some final thoughts. Tonight God is asking us to follow him once again. It doesn't matter your social standings. It doesn't matter your education, but he's asking us to follow him. Are you willing to follow him with everything that's within you? Are you willing to give everything unto him? Attending church only is not following him. It's a good thing. But the question is, are you truly following Jesus? Or are you doing everything that he's asked you to do? Don't allow anything to be more important than following Jesus. Don't allow anything to stand between you and God. He's calling you tonight. Again, some of you may be hurting. Some of you have been wounded. And the words, follow me, seems very far off from you a long time ago. But Jesus today is wanting to 
renew that call on your life. Now, He not, may not call you to be a, a pastor or a preacher. But I tell you what, there's a lot of people to be reached. There's a lot of people that needs a touch in their lives. And we back off and we don't witness or we don't get involved in church. You need to do whatever you find your hand to do. See a need, you need to feel it. That's following Jesus. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you for the call of God. And the call of God is without repentance. Repentance. Lord, each and every one of us, Lord, you have called us. Each and every one of us are called to work in the kingdom of God. Lord, there may be some here tonight that have allowed things to get in between you and them. There's other things that take their time instead of coming to the house of God like they normally do or they should. Or it's easy to miss when things come up. Lord, I pray tonight for these, Lord God, that you would touch them. And may the call of God just be renewed within them. Lord, I am particularly concerned for those that have been hurt. Lord, I pray for your healing power in their lives. Lord, it is you who renewed Peter. It is you that changed his life once again. We see Peter as he throughout the pages of, of the Gospels and, and, and throughout the, the, the epistles, Lord God, God that where he ministered and, and, and lives were changed. And he done exactly, Lord God, what you called him to. Lord, I pray that each and every one, that God's will would be fulfilled in our lives. God, that you would touch every heart. Mend every heart that may be hurt, may be broken. Lord, I give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Pastor, you have your hand. Thank you. Um, you all know that uh, Sunday we're expecting a lot of people, I believe. Many of you believing with me that we'll have a lot of people here. So what I want us to do is, uh, especially the guys, I want to get the chairs up a little bit. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. We thank you for speaking to us. And uh, we believe that you've touched our hearts and you're ministering to us and calling us again to follow you just at the first. Lord, we ask that you help us with this outreach on Sunday and uh, all the preparation and our prayer time, Lord God, so that these lives might be touched and that these people that we're praying for 
will become part of the kingdom of God and they will have an opportunity to be in your presence and to have a, a relationship with you that is eternal. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.